do you go to Abbey Road on the river? You know, and uh, I said, what's that? And he, you know, gobsmacked, you know, he's just said, I'm, I'm, he goes, it's the biggest Beatles festival in the world. Welcome to Something Will Happen, a podcast about the largest Beatles music festival in the U.S., Abbey Road on the River, celebrating our 20th anniversary, May 26th to 30th, 2022. I'm Melissa, one of the organizers of the festival, and I'll be talking about all things Abbey Road on the River, held every Memorial Day weekend in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Whether you're new to Abbey Road on the River or you're a festival regular, if you love the Beatles as much as we do, you're in the right place. This is Something Will Happen. Something Will Happen. Let's get started. Well, thanks, you guys, for joining me in the podcast, Something Will Happen. Um, I'm being joined today by Jeff and Misty of the newbies. And so this will be an exciting, an exciting talk or we'll just to kind of chat about you guys. Um, and you guys are like, you guys are one of the, I mean, have built your way up to being like the, one of the, the reigning headliners. I shouldn't say reigning, but headliners of the festival, like that you come every year and we make a point to like put you in these headlining spots because you're so you've like taken over, you know, as the face of the <laughs> festival, which is amazing. Well, it's and that, it's that word seniority. It's, uh, it's kind of bittersweet, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it's okay to say we're the oldest band there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't mean old. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Well, not as old as Tommy James, but, <laughs> um, but it's kind of, it's just inspiring everything that you do from like performing and you're both like such talented musicians and from all the like sound and video production that you do with Lifeboat Media and now your Band in a Van series. It's just like, you, of course you guys are like the full package, you know, you do it all. It's like amazing. Um, so I wanted to kind of talk first about your band, The Newbies and how you formed. I know that you two met in, um, well, tell me how you two met and how the band started. <laughs> we met in college. Yeah. Know, I- we were both going to Ohio University in the 90s, and um, we are both students in the audio engineering tract for, um, it has a different name now. Now it would be sort of like electronic media by today's nomenclature. But Technology moves so fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And um, uh, two young men from my hometown who I just barely knew were roommates with Jeff. And Jeff was really probably this top student in the whole field and maybe ever through, that went through and I'll say it. <laughs> and uh, th- so these guys were like, hey, you know, um, I was a little intimidated. You know, you first class and you step in front of those gigantic consoles with all the knobs and you feel like you walked into Abbey Road, you know, to, to mix. And I was really intimidated and they said, our roommate's really good. Maybe he could help you out. And, some classes. And I was a student teacher. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he came in and I uh, was like, yeah, sure. I can, I can show you some things. And we really hit it off. And 25 years later, we're yeah. still hitting it off. Yeah. I, you know, I was playing at a place called the dugout in Athens. It, it was the go-to bar fish played there back in the day. Uh, a lot of really cool bands. And it was just the, when you got a gig at the dugout, it was a big deal. And I just remember seeing this big smile in the crowd when I was performing and uh you know i could see her from a mile away because she has that infectious smile and 
you know, at that time, she didn't really play much, you know, uh, it, barely didn't at all. Play at all. Yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't oh, play yeah. at all. So uh, as the years, as we stayed together and, and the years went on, um, you know, we, we formed our own band. And uh, here we are, you know, uh, we started as an original band in 2004. So the newbies have been in existence since then. And somewhere along the way, we, we got into this Beatles sabbatical uh and uh started started doing beatles music and i think uh it's it's done a tremendous amount for our original music because of all the orchestrations and all of the uh george martin-ness of the beatles that the all of that stuff that surrounds them is now you know kind of seeped into our original material and um you know it, what a what a sabbatical it is to to learn and study um from the mind of george martin and and yeah. you know, if you ever listen to our original music you'll definitely hear um, his influence and the arrangements that exist around the originals. Yeah. If someone okay. asked Jeff who his favorite Beatle is, he says George Martin. Mm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. he is one of the fifth, one of the fifth Beatles. <laughs> yeah. One of the fifth. But yeah. of course, I can totally see that because you have to, like, covering the Beatles, you have to study it so in depthly. And then you just learn everything about what goes into writing a good song and, like, yeah these lyrics rhyme and can you believe it and how they come up with that or you know all the orchestrations as you say that George Martin put into place and the color chords breathing you know he knows how to breathe I've, I always use the example of, mm -hmm. the, of the song something when if you listen to something and the way that that's arranged not many pe people uh, pay attention to the amount of uh, open air in that you know there's no there's no hi-hat for example and Ringo's just doing a kick and snare and when you get to that, I don't want to don't want to lose her now. When you get to that moment, what happens? There's Billy Preston on the organ doing what the hi-hat would be. And and oh. it's that kind of open space that creates these beautiful dynamics and arrangement that that build the song into uh, the structure that so many people have been influenced by. So yeah, to really dig into that and and um, and understand it is a is a special thing in music. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but that song in particular, I could see how it that just using the phrase breathing I'm like oh yeah when I think of that song I think of like this really slow breathing because it's such a soft or like slow movement through that song yeah or you know close your eyes uh I'll kiss you tomorrow I'll miss you remember I'll always be true and then when that chord happens there's a there's two chords that happen there and one of those chords is very simple and it sounds normal to us but um it's a it's an unconventional chord or what did Paul call it like a color chord and uh, that would create that build in, in, in the early Beatles. And I, I, I can't imagine that, you know, these young guys said that was, you know, oh, I've got an idea. I, I see George Martin sitting on a stool. And if I, if I could, or if I ever met Paul, I would ask them that, did, you know, did he influence, for example, that chord and that chord change to give it a little more um, dimension than just a three chord song. And so, so yeah, 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 that's, that's what it's about for us, for sure. It's really finding those clues in theory and in music uh, and the Beatles are uh, the pathway yeah. uh, to Jediism of, of theory, <laughs> rock and roll music theory. <laughs> <laughs> We, could have, yeah, we should have a whole podcast a on that. I know. <laughs> right. Like we should just talk music theory about the Beatles in a separate podcast. Good. Yeah, that would be a whole other podcast. Bring in some other folks in that one for sure. That would be fascinating. That's great. So did you start, um, you started as an original band or did you kind of put in covers and, okay. Yeah. Added... Well, initially, you know, when really when Jeff and I started dating in our 20s, I was really so new to any kind of music and yeah. I mean I always kind of fancied myself like 
I want to be Broadway star when I was a little girl and, <laughs> and things like that. Um, never got any training or anything like that. So mm. I didn't even think it was possible to be a musician as an adult. And uh, so when I first started getting into it, we would play club shows, just the two of us locally. And, you know, that was all for the most part cover yeah. music. We played a yeah. ton of open mic nights, replayed our own songs and then just jammed with other people who were there and you get the chance yeah. to spin on drums or bass or keys. Cut your teeth. And they let you kind of be bad so you could get yeah. you know, groomed into something better that had good instincts and good timing and um, maybe being a little bit fearless yeah. too, mm -hmm. and, and which was great for me because I always was fearless but didn't necessarily have the skill to back it up. Mm -hmm. And oddly enough, now the more skill I get, the fear creeps in. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, I'm good enough to know that you got a lot more work to do, kind of thing. Yes, you know, no, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then um, after we kicked around doing that for a number of years, uh, Jeff was in a few different projects on his own and they were sort of waning. And I said, well, I'm going to start a band because I, I, I'm tired of not being in a band. And mm -hmm. uh, I'd been in a kind of a vocal ensemble kind of a folk thing in college but I'd never been in a proper band before and I was already like almost 30 at that point mm -hmm. so I yeah so yeah. Jeff was like well sure let's do it and that became the newbies and we were pretty exclusively original band for the first five years yeah we, we released three albums before we got into the Beatles so our, our first three albums although we were influenced by the Beatles uh you know and we do a cover here or there but that was just for fun um then this thing happened called let it be naked and we, we, we traveled for a production company and we, we started getting back into the beatles when let it be naked came out we just really loved the organic uh feel of that album and and i, I remember specifically driving to florida one time listening to it over and over again and and you know we saved up enough money to go to europe for for a month that summer and we definitely made a stop in liverpool and london and so forth to you know to take take a look at all the beatles sites so we went as tourists not as performers and uh, we, we, you know, of course, went to EMI Studios and did the whole crosswalk thing. And, and then we went to Liverpool and took the uh, Magical Mystery Tour bus uh, and went to see all the sites, their homes and, and everything else, and then down to Penny Lane. And it was, it was really cool because when we were at Penny Lane, you know, it was kind of, uh, the weather wasn't good, which is no big surprise in, in Liverpool. Uh, and then all of a sudden, as we get to the end of Penny Lane, like the, you know, the, the sun starts creeping out and, you know, this fire truck passes us. And I remember everybody on the, the tour bus, go, you know, just like taking pictures and not paying attention to the, the, the fire truck going by. I'm like, it's the clean machine. You know, it's a, it's a you know, right ding-a-ling right by us. You know, I was like, how cool is that? So, you know, we just had a great trip. The guy running it was, was wonderful. And as we're pulling away from uh, Penny Lane, we, uh, we see a rainbow you know, uh, right, right over that. And that's kind of been an ongoing theme in our life that where the rainbow is, is, is kind of where we end up. It's really weird. Little did I, little did we know what it meant in terms of the future. So we get, you know, back to the, um, shop that gives the tour and there's a guy there by the name of Gary Blaine and Gary Blaine, uh, you know, ran the shop. He, he, I, somehow, I guess he saw my ID that I was from Kentucky and he's like, you're from Kentucky. He goes, do you, do you go to Abbey Road on the river? You know? And, uh, <laughs> I said, what's that? And he, you know, gobsmacked you know he's just said I've, I've he goes it's the biggest Beatles festival in the world and here he is in Liverpool and he, he's a part of that festival wow. speaking very highly of Abbey Road that this is the festival to go to and I, you know we were pretty surprised we didn't hear about it uh so we said well 
maybe we'll go, maybe we can play it, you know? And he said, you should. And uh, so a few months later, uh, our violist, Vince Schicchetti, uh said, you know, I, you were telling me about the Beatles thing. I think I'm gonna call that promoter and reach out to him and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come down and do a pro bono show and just see what it's like if he's interested in it, you know, bring, bring a big string section. And uh, so somebody canceled that year and, you know. We got the call maybe 10 days before yeah. Abbey Road on the River that we were gonna have, we could get, we could play for one day. We could do one show um, over at the, old, at the old site on the fountain stage, which is a really big stage, you yeah. know, and um, then we could do a second show inside, like in the hotel that night. Mm -hmm. So two shows, we had no idea what we were getting into. We, you know, it was so long ago that it's easy to forget that you didn't just click on YouTube and there it is. You can see the, what this is going to be about, you know, yeah. we're just like, okay. And so we were like, we hadn't really been playing that much Beatles music yet. We had done a couple of benefits um, for a local charity here. And we, we were asked to do Beatles music with our string section. So we had played with the string section maybe two or three times. And barely knew 10 songs. Barely knew, we really only knew really? 10 Beatles songs. So we could go and do one set <laughs> and that was it. You know, I think we had exactly like 53 minutes of material or something. But we had a string section. So that was the super cool part of it, right? And uh, yeah. You know, so we get there and and, and we, it was just right away, you know, and, and I remember, you know, like the day before we did a rehearsal and, and nobody was really taking it seriously. Yeah. I, you know, including us, we we're just going to go down and have fun. And then I saw the pictures of the festival and how big it was. And I sent that little text out to everybody saying, hey, you might want to actually practice for this one. You know, let's <laughs> let's try to be good and, and not, not take it so much for granted. And it was so much fun. You know, we went down and I, I everybody was very uh, warm and welcoming and receptive and uh, you know Gary Jacob uh, said something to us at the very end of the show storing up on stage after Misty's final song he's like play an encore we said we don't know what you don't have songs. an encore you know, <laughs> I, mean, I guess in hindsight we could have done one of our songs oh, but it wouldn't even have occurred to us yeah. if that was appropriate yeah, you know, yeah. to, to do yeah. that but you know we had a lot of things going for us in those early days that the others m may not have had the same kind of thing because for one it had a woman out front, which other bands did, but I, I still think that there was some kind of like curiosity about um, females, you know, fronting rock bands and, and especially ones that play guitar. And then we had the string section too, um, which was also, there were women and men in that. So, and we like to dress flashy. And so we, we had a lot of, um, I don't know what the word is, kind of like little tricks up our sleeve to make people pay attention to us yeah. and we were promotion hounds like we were flyer givers we were talked to everybody we dress up in costumes yeah. so we yeah. wanted every we wanted to leave there with everybody knowing who we were yeah well and then the, and then the end of the story is this that we you know we get done with our show and I go out to uh, the the main stage and right to the left of the main stage or excuse me the right of the main stage was uh, you know, where all the merch used to be and guess who's there gary blaine i was gonna and ask the guy that told up. us about the whole festival so we immediately went up to him was like thanks mate you know and he's yeah. like oh it's great and so you know we can kept in touch with gary over the years but if it wasn't for him recognizing that id in liverpool uh we never would have been a part of any of this you know it was it was his doing and, and we we're grateful for that you know so That's much of the orchestration crazy. that i've learned uh you know how to score how to how to tell what the horn section what to do and and all of that knowledge and all the creativity that we've gained just because he saw that idea it's pretty amazing to think about so that is it's like kismet just that he like saw that little idea i mean maybe you would have heard about it 
through the years after that but still like that's that's nuts or or maybe we would have just played a few more beatles benefits and went about our oh you know went, yeah. went on our merry way yeah. so who knows? but you know definitely the orchestration part has been the biggest uh gain from all of that other than uh, of course the friends and the community and mm -hmm. you know that field of dreams kind of situation that abbey road on the river is where you know you 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 get to step outside of your life and visit with um people in in this in this microcosm of happiness you know it's pretty special yeah yeah for sure and um yeah your arrangement like because you've done so many unique shows over the years especially with um including the love album concert yeah. which we're kind of revamping this year but you're like the core arranger on and well Matt, you know, massively director of sorts yeah yeah we're massively inspired by love and and so mm -hmm. you know we all know that there are, there are the lookalike bands out there that that do a fab job no pun intended um they but there are they're the ones that know how to do this music they know how to you know that every chord is in the right uh, for formation yeah. every movement is down and they're so good at that you know and so we, we can't just go there and do that again or or even com compete with that in any way so we like to think more outside the box and create shows that are inspired by love where you know you connect the dots and connect these common themes that the Beatles have uh the, the, you know connect the me uh, melodies and create medleys out of them create our own versions of love you know so we've had shows uh like Muscle Shoals for Rubber Souls to to conceptualize the Beatles coming to America and what if they recorded down south what if there was an album that was released down south and what would that sound like and can we uh, merge those those sounds from Wilson Pickett and from the Allman Brothers and Aretha anybody who was down there and, and create a show based on that and people love that show uh, and then here comes the sun's another one the, uh, the you know the most common themes in, in in the beatles dictionary are love and sun and and no one's done a show on sun and it's amazing the set list that comes out of it when you think of every single song that the, the beatles mention the word sun and so that's the kind of stuff we like to do we also though i mean for as far as a love show goes correct me if i'm wrong but most of those arrangements are Rachel Bland's, correct? Oh, yeah. yeah. So Rachel yeah. did Rachel mm -hmm. did a majority of those. And of course, uh, Rachel's not been with us for a while now. It's been 2015, 2014. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and, and so she started, you know, she the love show was around well before we were there. Uh, but, you know, uh, just just because we love being involved, we started creating arrangements and Rachel and I started sharing arrangements. We said, well, what if we did this part and added this to it? And let's let's kind of... Um, Let's. What's the uh, Emerald Levine? The put a bit put bam into it. You know, bam. bam that's right. Oh, that's right. What did I say? <laughs> Emerald Levine. Oh, that's, that's like a the female. Uh, that's a Canadian uh, female songwriter named Avril Levine. Actually, <laughs> I'm right on top of things. Yeah. So they talk about a merger in a. In a, in a yeah. Oh my God, you gotta do Emerald Lagasse singing. Lagasse, the Lagasse Bam thing that he does, right? So, so do that with with the love arrangements, and let's create uh, more to them. And then also, yeah. you know, reexamine them. So I'm the nerd that goes back in and goes, "Oh wait, that part's not there." And then I spend an hour of my day working on a new arrangement of yesterday or something. Like an that. hour, yeah, hours, yeah, days, <laughs> right. yeah. It's, it's a, it, it, yeah, it, it's it's a labor of love though. It's enjoyable. Yeah, it's, it definitely is. I was uh, I was talking to um, so, everyone actually about like how I used to be so like nitpicky. I used to, I don't play piano that much anymore, but I used to like need to know every piano part to every song. I was like, I need to learn that part in um, 
there are places I'll remember where in my life uh-huh. and I had to like learn that really fast part and I had to yeah. learn like all the brass parts for like hey Jude on the piano and let nice. me and all this stuff and I was nice like, I'm gonna be you know because I used to want to like be in a Beatles tribute band and I was like well maybe I could just be like the piano player in a Beatles tribute band <laughs> you, you reminded me of something just yeah. a little side tangent uh the, uh, the song, All You Need Is Love, uh, you know, I've heard, you know, everyone's got these stems now uh, and and all of the parts are isolated and so forth. Mm-hmm. And there is a total overdub and it's got to be John and Paul. I'm guessing it's just the two of them playing, I think, a violin and there and it is oh. it's absolutely terrible and it's in the recording and it's it's just it's, it's buried but if you ever get get a chance it's to, in don't pass me by no 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 it's in all you need is love and they do oh, okay. it's it's really funny you hear them kind of snick giggling too yeah really? so so there is yeah, they never were credited but they're definitely they're they should be credited for violin on that song That's <laughs> i know why they weren't credited though i never knew that i'm gonna have to listen to that now (laughs) yeah so so we're not definitely when we do all you need is love we're not putting that part in (laughs) unless we invite like a fan up to jokingly do it right (laughs) yeah that would be funny yeah yeah (laughs) get like the guys from the fab four to come up and they're like i don't know violin and you're like that's great just dress yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right now there you go you just added a part to the love show the new love show put more people on that stage (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, well is there anything uh that you can disclose about the love concert i know we'll probably talk a little more closer to the event with the guys from classic stone about what you're planning but yeah yeah we've uh been been on calls with sebastian and creating a massive input list of everything that's going to be involved in that Mm -hmm. uh you know that i think it's going to be a a much bigger stage than what's happened in the past where we're looking at uh, a double drum set show um you know some of the arrangements have been redone and and uh and you know we're adding an actual sitar things like that that um that will uh, make the show uh bigger better very special yeah. slightly more uh sort of like a theatrical element to it you know mm-hmm. not necessarily acting or portraying anything but just mm-hmm. uh, something that it, it just will visually grab you as much as musically i think yeah wow yeah you know and it, it it's it's really special working with the the guys in classic stand because you know they're Sebastian and I have common work ethic and getting, you know, like you were saying about getting into the, the, the arrangements and getting into how they'll connect and what the best way it is to achieve that. And then, you know, I think the other, the other side of the, of the love, the other story about love is just continuing to create a family environment, a family, a family band, if you will. Uh, and we had that with all you need is love and bread beat in the past. And, and it's the idea of having all of these people join forces and, and create a band, um, mm-hmm. a, a new band out of that. You know, I think one of the best live bands I've ever seen, uh, we went to see Chicago with Earth, Wind and & Fire. And uh, I love both of those bands, but the best mm-hmm. band I've ever seen was when Chicago and Earth, Wind and & Fire were together and they performed the, you know, the, the, fi- fina- the whole final uh, part of that concert together. And, and it's, let's do that. You know, we're, cool. you know, we, we don't have to be on stage by ourselves, them on, 
stage by themselves. Let's let's see who's going to be the right person for this part or that part. So yeah, that, that's that's cool. And we've gotten through you know a nice script for that already. And uh, it's really just figuring out how to how to put all the mics on the stage because there's so many things going on. <laughs> right, and it's a yeah. challenge considering that they're in Colombia and we're in the U.S. So sure. um, when we first were added to the Love Cast in 2011, we actually could go. We had rehearsals you know, in advance where we had mm-hmm. Find His Love and Britney and all that, we came together. And, and of course with Rachel's string section and um, even Gumby was running sound. Like we really were able to sit for like a few days and really hone it all in. And it was a great time for us to bond as a unit because at that point, none of us really knew each other very well outside of our own individual bands. And it was a really great idea that Gary had to kind of put us in the hotels together. He had a reception for us so we could really get to know each other. But we have this benefit of having known Classic Stone also for all these years already. So we already understand each other and have a good friendship and all of that. So now it's just going to be interesting because they're perfectionists, we're perfectionists, making Mm -hmm. sure that we can get it to be the way that we want to when we don't get to really be together physically to rehearse until a couple days before the show. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of pressure, but I know right. that everyone's so professional that it's going to be really great. Yeah. 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 You can't rehearse over zoom, but yeah, <laughs> you can't, but uh, you know, you're definitely, it's easier on, on getting together and meeting uh, this way for sure. You know, that's to do, we're mm-hmm. definitely using technology to, um, to, uh, to get the job done. And, you know, the, the talks of, of, of sending rehearsals back and forth where we get to hear their transitions and, yeah they'll get to hear ours and and they they hear any sort of styling that we have if let's say Sebastian joins us on a song you know um, he'll have that to rehearse to so so we've got all those kind of things at play right now it's gonna be fun that is cool and I love that you can like I know that the love show has um, evolved in so many ways over the years with like certain bands being a part of it and then coming and going and however that works so this is kind of cool how it's going to evolve into um you get to like kind of put some new blood into it or like a new a new band is going to make it completely new and I think someone has called it love 2.0 because it's going to be you know just revamped in that way and be a little little different than what people are expecting Mm -hmm. I think it's going to have the same spirit though yeah you know Mm -hmm. because I would never want to downplay the beauty that we had with all you need is love you know they they were great mentors and good friends to us and and really they had the them along with Gary I think thought that we were capable of being in the cast you know so they had our backs and and uh, we had just had such a good time with those guys and, and Brit Beat of course too you know I think we, we were both invited into the world at the same time you know yeah so it, um you know it's I was kind of that was like the big letdown where I just love sort of retiring because I was like, we didn't get to do the love show one last time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I was kind of depressed about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when we get the call that we're going to, we're going to try and do it again in a slightly different way. I was just happy to be invited again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be great. Whatever you, you guys come up with. Um, you both are very creative and as you say, perfectionists and, um, to super talented band so I think it's gonna be amazing but speaking of talent I wanted to ask you guys about your um 
band in a van series because we kind of I mean I think that that came out of COVID kind of canceling all the shows right and then you guys just got this opportunity to kind of be creative and write some more songs or record your songs and explore the country and I I love the um what's your slogan it's something like oh investing in life and I just Mm -hmm. think that's so great and like um since everyone like wanted COVID to kind of go back to normal, I think that slogan has really like stuck with me. I'm like, that needs to stay with us yeah. rather than going back to the busyness of life. We still need to like invest in our own lives and maybe slow down and travel and enjoy the music and conversations. Yeah. But anyway, well, I'll let you, you talk know, about that. <laughs> what, what do you do when you, when your job is done, you know, and this is what happened with the pandemic, your job is over. We, you know, as a production company, we had, we had tons of shows coming up. You know, we do a lot of video for uh, video screens at festivals and all of those, including Abbey on the River, including our local Bunbury Music Festival. Uh, all of these things just wiped off the, off the map for the foreseeable future. And, and uh, of course, all of our gigs, uh, many gigs were lined up that were canceled uh, for, the band. for the band. And so, you know, time is, is the best commodity out there. It's not money, it's time. And here... Yeah. Uh, if, if you can think of what how bad the pandemic was for for many of us, uh, but you can also see the opportunity that was presented to many of us in terms of, you know, we hit the jackpot with time. You know, what do we all do? Well, I've got nothing to do, so I'm going to sit around and drink, you know, a bottle of wine every day and, and bake, and 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 the next thing you know, we all we, we all gain the COVID nineteen. <laughs> but there's a point where that gets old, and you're like, I don't want to be that way. And so so we said, here's all this equipment sitting, at, you know, at our disposal. Here's here's all of this music we haven't finished yet uh and let's make the best of the situation and and utilize what we have and let's we want to talk about being social distant why don't we go to the great salt flats why don't we go to national parks where uh we can go into some dispersed camping off-road type situation and bring our recording studio there with a the generator and finish these tracks and maybe do a live stream or something we thought well next thing you know we have an 11 part uh, docuseries that we've created from the whole thing and uh, we have 30 songs that we we released from it, a three three album um, release, and and so we're, we're, it's great. And so yeah, all of that's you know available on our YouTube page. We've got. Uh, I didn't realize uh, you. I didn't realize it was three albums. That's amazing. Yeah, 30 songs. <laughs> 30 songs. That's great. And um, you know the uh, YouTube page right now has all all of the episodes on there. There's 11 episodes and some special guests that we we saw along the way. Um, but it, it became more about travel, uh, not just music, but about travel and life experience and dealing with the pandemic. Uh, and so w- Misty did such an amazing job putting it all together. You know, she's the one who really crafted all of the raw footage we shot. And while she was doing that, I was mixing all the music for it. Um, but right now, the good news for it is, is that it's getting ready to go onto Apple TV. So we're doing all of the things that we need to do to get that release done. Um, and it's not easy. There's all these requirements that we've got to meet. So, you know, it's a learning process. Uh, uh, every single day we, we have to learn something new, like captioning and, uh, you sure. know. And they're very particular. Particular. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of paperwork and hoops to jump through, but it's going to be worth it. That is amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. And just like everything we've done, our whole careers have been really DIY, you know, yeah. from figuring out how to be a video company to figuring out how to make our house a recording studio so we could make our own records without additional expense, you know, and mm-hmm. how to have our house be a living area and the place we work so that we had the freedom to 
be creative because unfortunately so many people when you go into the workforce no matter how creative you are that has to be put on the back burner you know and honestly I think had the world not shut down and I'm very sad for people who had such a horrible time um, but in our case we remained healthy and we were able to do something that would have not been able to happen in any other circumstance and probably the whole rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. So I think that we had, because we had been doing the Beatles shows and the tributes for so many years, we really put all of our creative energy into creating those shows and um, right or wrong, really let our own music go away. You know, mm-hmm. we were still kind of writing in the back you know, and, you know, when nobody would knew it, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. if you see us in a bar locally, you hear those songs. But as far as the things that the majority of the audience that's going to be watching this would see, they didn't necessarily know that side of us, mm-hmm. you know, which right. is such a crucial part of who we are. Yeah. So we had all of these years of all of this material lingering, kind of always like taunting you in the, in the background, like, hey, what about me? I'm a great song over here. You ought to finish mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Like, you know, well, now, here we are. Yeah, it's like, boom, boom, boom. Let's just, how many songs do we have? Let's just get them all done. You know, and so we just kind of, as we were on the road shooting footage, we still didn't even know what the concept of this show was that we were going to make. No idea. We'd be like, hey, this looks like a nice background for my brother's keeper. Let's shoot my brother's keeper here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then when we got home was like, it really was a project that was a year over a year long Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I mean we shot it in one month with the exception of some additional footage like the music videos that we shot back home after the fact but um (laughs) a month of shooting turns into a year of Mm post-production and I mean I I I did it like a full-time job Mm -hmm. I wasn't like I'll go pick at that you know for an hour here I, I worked 10 hours a day on this thing for at least six months and then had to take some time off because I actually was losing my mind. <laughs> yeah. But, and they yeah. came back to it. Well, that's, I, I, mean, say, I hope it was a good use of your time and fun. It was amazing. Well, that's what yeah. I was going to say. Absolutely amazing. I, back, to, yeah. back to the full circle on this that, you know, uh, time is, is the best commodity we all have in this world. And uh, we certainly learned how to invest in that time and we spent it well. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, 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 the, that's the inspiration that comes out of the pandemic to always make the best of the situation. What if this is, this is all we got? What if this is the only life we have to live and there's nothing after this? What are you doing sitting there drinking wine and doing nothing and watching TV all the time? Get off your behind and get out there and live your life and then drink wine along the way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And I love that your drive to like never stop learning. And I, I relate with that a lot too, where I can kind of, I'm like, well, I don't know how to do that, but maybe I could figure it out, you know, and like, I'll just go and try it, you know, and, you know, I don't ever want to do the same things over and over and over. And so of course you're always exploring and traveling or seeing new places or trying to pick up new skills and you guys have all that. And now you you have like documentarians, whatever, however you say that. documentary yeah i mean our production company we would show up and put cameras up and shoot to a screen you know and then we'd unplug and go home and so doing this thing where you've got to fly a drone number one which we'd never done you know to get these beautiful aerials and the, oh, yeah. uh and see this amazing country that we have uh and then put that all together and create a you know a 30 minute episode you know 
Yeah. Well, we, we don't have we don't have any other job. Let's figure out how to do that. And, you know, and you sit there and you watch an Anthony Bourdain episode. So you know, and, and go, okay, that, I like the way he did that, and let's make let's make our show kind of. You know, it's the same thing with the Beatles, right? With George Martin and being influenced by other other folks and and um, being inspired and influenced, I should say, and then going out and doing it yourself. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Well, um, I know that you guys. Um, who else have you interviewed? I know that you've featured a lot of uh, people from the festival, and you know, even including Kathy Richardson, who came last yeah. year. But you guys have you guys been have been friends with her for a while, I think. Yeah, oh. Kathy Richardson, uh, uh, we de definitely have played several um, shows. We've been on the same bill with them, so we've all gotten mm -hmm. to know each other. The, uh, Jude and the rest of the band and David, they're all they're all really sweet. David Freiberg. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I should say this is Jefferson Starship. Jefferson I don't know Starship, if I said that. right. <laughs> and, uh, and one of the one of my favorite stories is, is a time we were performing and they came to support us uh, while we were performing. Uh, and there was a balcony behind the stage and I saw David Freiberg come behind our horn section and he was leaning over the horn section, uh, uh, you know, uh, looking at the arrangement. Not, not in the crowd. No, 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 leaning. just leaning, just <laughs> peeking in, peeking into the horn arrangements. And, and you know, he came up to me and uh, afterwards and said, uh, and I'd never met him until this point, oh. you know, I've always just kind of said hi to him. He said, mm -hmm. you know, I used to play viola, he said. And so he started talking about oh. the arrangements and, um, you know, he said, I, you know, and, and also I'm from Cincinnati. So we're in, we're in Northern Kentucky, the Cincinnati area. He goes, I'm from Cincinnati uh, as well. So, and I said, really? I, I said, where'd you go to high school? And he went to a place called Walnut Hills High School. And what a small world that is because Walnut Hills High School for our production company has been one of our longtime clients. We've covered many oh. of their concerts and events uh, at that school. So uh, when David told me that and we, and we developed this relationship with him, I immediately called the, the, the band and orchestra directors at Walnut Hills and I told them the story about David coming up and you know uh making that connection and and they were it just made everybody's day to hear hear that you know yeah but, yeah that's uh, very cool yeah that's our goal is to, is to be a David Freiberg I mean David is now is he 83 and and okay. as, as we saw at, at the last Abbey Road he mm -hmm. he's not missing a beat and he's singing every single note uh and he's singing better than he ever has and oh, uh, yeah it's amazing you know, and that, there's your inspiration to keep moving. You know, look at David Freiberg, you know, never, never stop, continue to create, uh, you know, and, and, and that's what Jefferson Starship is doing. They've created a brand new album that's fantastic. And, that's you know, on the band band to actually learn a couple of those tunes and, 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 and play them with Kathy, that was a dream come true. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was Kathy's wife's idea when we were kind of putting out feelers like, hey, maybe we're coming to your town. At that point, we weren't even sure with COVID what you were allowed to do and what, you know, if you were allowed to visit people or not. And, and uh, Kathy's wife, Rachel was like, yeah, come up and see us. And like, well, Chicago is a great first stop. Yeah, it's perfect from Cincinnati yeah. to be a first stop. Yeah, and, and you can see, cause it's sort of like the way that the episodes go is like sort of like a pilot that explains who we are and what the, and what the series is gonna be about. And then the second episode is Chicago with Kathy. And you can see at that point, we were still thinking this was gonna be like a live performance based program because we sat in Kathy's garage and we did a show you know we traded songs and talked about the music and and her history and then there are many episodes that go by where that sort of content is not there it's it's us uh, making music videos and talking about traveling and things like that um, and then we uh, later do it again when we get out to Oregon with two amazing songwriters that were uh, that are based on the west coast 
a friend of ours named Ravietti, who's in a band called the Harmed Brothers, who are great. And they have since relocated back to Northern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And then another great California songwriter named Willie T. Taylor. Yeah. We knew these guys because we had done video work for them in the past. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And so uh, we were like, hey, we're coming out. Uh, Ray had gotten us a gig to shoot a little festival. And we just stayed at Ray's house and Willie was there. So we, again, trade songs and, and, uh, and then uh, Raleigh DeVore, of course. Oh yeah. So Raleigh's a, a friend of ours. He's actually the stand-in for Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> so Raleigh by, by day is, you know, does these kind of things. And he's also a, a drummer for an amazing Who tribute that we've uh, played with before uh, and, and, and countless other bands. He's got all sorts of creative. Elton John. Elton John, yeah. A 70s tribute. Uh, oh, yeah. A couple, I think a couple of 70s. R- Raleigh's also been a newbie. You know, he came to New York when we played with uh, Brooke Jacob, Gary's oh, yeah. uh, daughter. We did a show. Um, Raleigh was on drums for mm-hmm. for that. So, uh, so we got to have him as part of the show. So it was just going around. You know, you kind of get this thing like if anyone's ever seen, is it Daryl's place with Daryl Hall where he's sure. interviewing the other musicians? Why not? It's like merge that with Anthony Bourdain's uh, style. And and that's what a band in a band became, I think. And and we, we never saw it. Oh, and Over of the course, Rhine. Of course, Over the Rhine. Yeah, yeah, Over the Rhine. The biggest home run is our 11th episode uh, um, coming back to Cincinnati. And Cincinnati's most successful bands of all time is Over the Rhine. And during the pandemic, our production company helped them at home uh, create three uh, concerts from their their amazing farm that they have. They have, they have a nice production concert oh, cool. venue that they're building there, and uh, we we did the we did some filming in there. And, you know, and as you know, during the pandemic, everyone's live streaming their concerts, and so we put together a nice fundraiser where they raised a lot of money for their 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 barn and so forth, and they in turn returned the favor by coming on our. Um, not only coming on a band in a van, but also performing on one of our songs. And, and so that, it, that's just awesome. And, yeah. and the, the, these are the perks of the pandemic, as I like to say, <laughs> you know, make the best of the situation and, and, and stay positive. And then, you know, look what happens. And, you know, you find the other like-minded folks and they're out there trying to survive as well. And, uh, and, and I guess at the end of it all, we have, a, we have this beautiful docu-series and it'd be awesome yeah. if everybody that hears this would check it out i think and, love it well, of course the abbey road people that we have we had of course had lsb experience yeah. featured mm-hmm. in an episode yeah they sang on uh two songs of ours and uh as anyone who knows lsb they're they're you know the greatest thing since crosby stills and nash in terms yeah. of vocal armies or the eagles you know they're just absolutely stellar if you you know, the finest vocals out there. And uh, it was, you know, what are they doing in the pandemic? It's like, hey, you guys want to sing some backgrounds on our uh, our band in a van album? Absolutely. You know, yeah, they, that's they great. sound amazing. <laughs> and the Carnies and, you know, uh, Carnies, of course, our viewers probably already know who the Carnies are. The <laughs> awesome, longtime Abbey Road Lifers family yes. of all these amazing <laughs> women and their mediocre dad, Steve. yeah no no we love the carnies that's awesome well i love you guys motto in life i think jeff you kind of summed it up right before there being like just stay positive and you know kind of just grab every opportunity that you know you can and network and you never know what's going to happen so i love that and, and always see this beautiful world that we have, you know, so many people get locked into their social media accounts and, and hibernate yeah. and don't do that. You know, there's so much amazing 
there's, there's so many amazing things to do in this world and they're they're sitting there regardless of what happens to us in a pandemic or what we think might be important and we have to you know talk about on social media or yell about you know and and meanwhile there's the grand canyon sitting there you know and why are, just go experience you know make the best of your time here yeah yeah i think that's great it's a beautiful beautiful way of life so i think we'll sum it up with that and <laughs> congratulations on the show do you know when it's coming out on apple tv or is you still have to do some paperwork and stuff well uh, it's it's uh we're, we're about february right now uh so so we're looking at uh, march i believe we're going to try to have okay. uh some of the episodes out starting in this March, but if anybody wants to see it right now, our YouTube page, you can go to YouTube and just search the newbies, N-E-W-B-E-E-S. And here she's actually got the little advertisement right here. Abandoned. Oh, you got the shirt on. Yeah. You can Google that. It'll, you'll find the episodes right now. So we have all 11 <laughs> out right now on our YouTube page. That's awesome. Very cool. And Is the albums any... are on Spotify, Apple music, all your usual streaming. Right. Album. Everyone can find you on all the social medias and your website. Yep. And um, do you have any performances coming up between March, April, May before the festival that people can come see you? Yeah, we're, we have a, uh, an awesome pub gig here in town for those who might be interested in just seeing the stripped down version of the newbies, the four piece more than likely. We may, I don't know if the horns are watching, but if you guys want to play, come and play the gig. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, it's a, a great, uh, historic bar in Cincinnati called Arnold's and they have this great German beer festival in the city in March called Bachfest and it's it's a big to do around town and so we're playing the first night of Bachfest at Arnold's it's Friday I think March 3rd mm -hmm. and and look so locally here on land that's probably the only place you'll see us unless somebody has an idea and wants to book us for something yeah well, <laughs> you know, most of our time right now is just trying to get the this these final aspects of a band and a band done so we can get back mm -hmm. to playing live music again you know once all of that's uh uh out there for the world to see then, then it's that's like let's get out and play as many gigs as we can yeah i'm 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 i've got the itch you know yeah. and mm -hmm. in the summertime jeff and i play well, we didn't last year because of the band in the band because mm -hmm. we were so busy working on it, but um, play a lot of duet gigs. And it's it's really amazing to see that the majority of our fan base, our local fan base now that we have, which is probably bigger than it's ever been for us, came from people who would come and see just Jeff and I play by ourselves at these little pubs and restaurants. And they've been so loyal to us and it just kind of bloomed. So I was thinking it might be time to to do that again and you know just let people know that we're still out there and right. still playing and, and we want to we want to show them what yeah. what we've got to offer yes mm -hmm. i'm sure those are a lot of fun for you just to kind oh, of they're great. songs yeah and do the acoustic yeah. versions and yeah. it's so fun and they're always great like little woodshed gigs too for us if we're like when we were first going to present the abbey road album as the full band you know strings and horns and all that mm -hmm. um Jeff and I had a had a little restaurant gig the Friday night before, just the two of us. And he was like, "We should play the whole Abbey Road album, just the two of us there." So we did. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, that's very. What do you hard. do when the drum solo comes up? <laughs> <laughs> right, you're just like tapping on your guitars. Yeah. I don't know. I think she's so heavy. Those are like the really hard ones to do on acoustic. You know, things like that, <laughs> yeah. darling. <laughs> They've been playing that riff for like two hours. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. 
<laughs> the other ones kind of lend themselves to acoustic, but you know, she's so heavy. She's so heavy, the acoustic version. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I would, I would want to see that. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. We're on our way over. <laughs> well, I think it's also, I think it's awesome. Misty, you said you didn't play an instrument until you, or you didn't join a band until the newbies kind of, and then you yeah. just like honed all these, your like all these skills, like your guitar and your singing and your performing. It's like, um, I mean, I didn't know you like 10 years ago, but I just think that's amazing how far it seems like you've come. You know, I played guitar since I was like 12 and I'm at the same level. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's that open I'm sure mic. You're better. <laughs> it's that open mic thing that she was built on open mic. You know, we, have, there's a, the Southgate house. Anybody who lives in Cincinnati knows about the Southgate house and now the Southgate house revival um, to another venue, but um, had the greatest open mic for years, full band set up there. You know, you could go uh, and people would see that, Oh, I could play guitar. And they would ask me to play guitar on their songs. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you've heard me play this before. Do you, you think you can play on it? Oh, sure. And then, or do you want to play bass? And that was always fun. Cause you have to watch their, their fingers and, you know, you get used to trying to follow along with people and miss yeah. Misty as well. And so she played bass, but we played drums and, you know, there was literally from the year 2000 through 2010, we were, we were doing open mics, uh, pretty much once a week, if not twice a week. So there was a period where it got so crazy that they were doing two nights and, you know, that was just profoundly, uh, uh, influential to her, you know, in terms of uh, getting her, getting to cut her teeth and, yeah, I'm sure that would help a ton with just like yeah. improvising yeah. or like trying to follow other people. Well, yeah, and and you don't have to worry, like you said earlier, yeah, you don't have to worry about pressure. messing up. Oh, you yeah, messed exactly. up with that. If you did, it's like what do they say when you when you snow ski? Uh, if you didn't fall down, you're not trying hard enough. You know, that's <laughs> the same. That's the same mentality in an open mic. You know, if if it could be such a a great tool for a song that you might be a little nervous to play out. I don't really know that that well. Well, good, go play it there and mess up on it in front of people and you know they're not they're not you're not hired to be there uh everybody's in, you know doing the same thing uh some people have never played in front of anybody else so mm-hmm. you know there's a non-judgmental uh, way to get these things out there and and it couldn't have been a better um starting point for for us as a duo and then the newbies and we pretty much came out of that uh, that open mic field yeah. and i've played with an immense amount of patient people over the years <laughs> who either thought that we were a package deal and I just had to be there (laughs) or uh, that, uh, you know, maybe they saw something in me. They saw that I had some promise, even though I was still so green. You know, when we first started the newbies, I didn't even own an electric guitar, Mm -hmm. you know? uh, And so I think our first year of the newbies, Jeff bought me my Strat for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then the following year he bought me my amp. Mm -hmm. So it, Mm -hmm. but you know, so that was a big transition and now I almost exclusively play electric you know mm-hmm. here in, except unless we play a pub gig or something like that yeah but and I mean I still have so much to learn I mean these guys that are in the newbies and that have been in the newbies because as you know we've had a revolving cast of characters over the years and, and, characters let's yeah. understand the characters. <laughs> the, uh, um, that they have been very good teachers and mm-hmm. very kind you know, as far as, you know, not making me feel like I was less than them in any ways, you know, mm-hmm. they, they could gently nudge me in a way yeah. that didn't hurt my feelings very often. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes that, that, yeah, because yeah, sometimes you do get the guys who are like, 
nose in the air like oh you're not up to my par I'm not even going to talk to you so no, I don't yeah. say, just say guys but musicians you know but so that I've gotten that more strangely from fans than I have from oh. from people I played with you know it's, it's strange I, uh, my friend Michelle who's a great songwriter mm-hmm. she said that she it's her opinion that sometimes people have a little bit more courage to tell women exactly what they think than they might be intimidated to say it to a guy you know oh. so they'll come up to me and be well, you kind of botched the intro on that one, didn't you? You know, kind of, you know, like, yeah, he got me, you know? Great. Yeah. That, yeah. Thanks for making my day. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily, I mean it well, you know, but it's still, it's a very, very small percentile of, of you know, any kind of. Man. Yeah, exactly. But yet, there probably is that extra judgment as like a female performer that you yeah. get kind of scrutinized more or like oh why didn't you wear makeup on stage well the guys don't wear makeup like or well, what, it's getting, you know whatever it's, else it's getting so much better you know yeah the, the difference yes, I agree. You know, we, we, it's noticeable i think you know I'm, I'm very much involved in seeing these things happen with her and 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 it, it's not just in music but also in, in production you know mm-hmm. um the, the, more the, in production the, right and in yeah. more in production um People, people are, are are finally getting it. I think you know nobody's they're they're inclusive. They they put yeah. they make you feel like part of the team. She's had a re- really tremendous success with that, and so that's great to see. It's great to see the world coming around. There's a lot more of us now. You know, yeah. when I yeah. first started my career, I was one woman to fifty men. Yeah. You know, and, and now it's probably I wouldn't say it's even or even close to being even, but there are a lot more of us. Yep. And yeah. I think the younger generation of people coming up from production are also are raised with a different mindset that, you know, about equality and things like that. Right. And it could just be because I know my stuff. And so I've proven myself to the people that I work with, you know, so mm-hmm. hopefully it's not all based on who I am. But even the new production, I was born. even like a lot of times the new production people we meet uh, mm-hmm. seem to be, uh, it's just a different world now. They're overly courteous. And not, not like they're pandering or anything, but just they're gen, genuinely courteous is the way I should say it. And 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 they they definitely are at least in my eyes seeing treating women like equals, and that's wonderful. Yeah, rather than like a, like you're gonna take my spot, it's just like oh, there's room for everyone. Right. Because I would I would be intimidated by that. I like didn't get into music or production for a long time because I was like oh no 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 I'm not wanted, but I would still like play in my little corner and I never went to open mics or anything but yeah but they not just too like late. push not your way in there <laughs> I know, right you're an inspiration you know and I think you really are like when people like or especially like young people at the festival see you like owning the stage I mean I don't mean to point out Misty both of you but also mm-hmm. like if a young girl sees Misty like jamming out on stage she's like holy crap I can be like super loud and fierce instead you know yeah. instead of oh i should be like the whatever whatever other stereotype you know you want to put right in it, so i don't think i've been very demure since i was a little little girl. <laughs> you know like i was certainly a a dress wearing and saddle shoes and and you know that kind of little girl you know pink bows and frilly frilly things mm-hmm. on one hand and then the other hand I always joke that my mom and dad also dressed me in the Burton Ernie collection because it was like, you know, <laughs> now granted I was young in the 70s, so corduroys and 
striped turtlenecks, but say striped shirts. But because I, but I think you know, sports kind of knocked it out of me because mm. you couldn't show any. I, I played sports when I was a kid, so um, instead of music, and I think that they kind of try and knock. I don't knock it out of you a little bit as far as like, like those aren't basketball shoes. Your job is not to have your outfit match. Your outfit, your job is to come here and look like you want to play this game, you know, and things like that. And after a couple of those events where I've showed up to the basketball practice and teal sneakers and teal bike shorts and the matching teal <laughs> half top, that they're, that they're like, where are your basketball shoes? You know, you know and so that was one that, I started to toughen up, I think, because I did. I never wanted to be called out and told I was doing something wrong. Right. You know? And then over the years later, like in my 20s, I was like, I wish maybe I was a little bit more. I could kind of get in touch with my femininity a little bit more again. But it just it just kind of naturally happened with confidence, you know, mm-hmm. and really with you. I think when mm-hmm. I met Jeff, mm-hmm. he, he really was like, you have all these great qualities that you should be sharing with people, you know, and mm-hmm. and. I've gotten so much benefit as being who I am through knowing Jeff because she's he's always propped me up. She's a ham. She was a ham before she even, you know, played guitar. She, you know, we used to go to karaoke when we were in college and, you know, she'd go, go up there and do Janice or tempted by the fruit of another, you know, she would do all these songs and, and clown around on stage and own it. You know, it, yeah. it wasn't just clowning around. She was good. And, and I remember that, in my broke college days before she even played an instrument like one of the first gifts i ever gave her was a harmonica for like christmas or something like that because like what a, what type, i can't afford to get her a guitar or anything like that she played janice and did it you know and I, uh, alanis morissette was big at that time played harp and, yeah. and so i thought well i don't know why i'm getting this for her but something just tells me that i have to get this for her so <laughs> I give her a harmonica and again, uh, so she, she takes the harmonica. She's like, okay, you know, whatever. Uh, First but we like- go up, we go uptown to, you know, at her, at her college and, you know, she hides behind the corner of this coffee shop. And I think it was Halloween and she's dressed as Janice or whatever. And so this guy's coming down the street, you know, and as soon as he's coming to the corner, she hops out from him and goes, oh, hey, her, oh. and immediately he goes, I was walking down the street. She goes, oh, hey, her, oh. And she, he's like, I was mad at my own fair. You know, he comes up with like a whole song and she kept doing this to people and encouraging them to sing, the to sing. And do you, do you see the connection with who she is now and that? I mean, that is her, she's such an engaging human being and everybody, you know, when I'm with her, we walk, you know, down the street or we, you know, we walk anywhere at Abbey Road. They, you know, she, she has that same, she's, if I give her a harmonica, I'd be afraid we never make it to any of our performances. <laughs> All right, no harmonicas. <laughs> That's awesome. Always pushing the limits, you know. <laughs> Seeing what people pushing the buttons. <laughs> pushing the buttons, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. But um, yeah, thanks so much. And I can't wait to see what you come up with with both the Apple TV thing and um and your shows for May. <laughs> tuning in to Something Will Happen. Remember that Abbey Road on the River is happening May 26th to 30th, 2022 in Jeffersonville, Indiana. To start making your plans, head over to AROTR.com. There you can see the full lineup of bands that are coming, check out shows we're planning, 
book your hotels, and grab your tickets while you're there. Head over to AROTR.com slash podcast and enter your email to get $5 of Beetlebucks to use at the festival for food, drinks, and our exclusive festival merchandise. For the most up-to-date information, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll see you in May. Something will happen.